0: Welcome to The Square Apple Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Yongxin Ning. I'm the co-founder of change Voyage Consulting. After 20 years of corporate life, I've successfully transited to be an entrepreneur. Wearing multiple hats as an entrepreneur, adjunct lecturer, mother, wife, daughter, sister, has taught me how to navigate life's challenges. And my secret is Square Apple. In this show, I will discuss tips and strategies change the way you think about your personal and professional life. Because if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Ready to activate the square apple in you? Let's begin! Welcome to the Square Apple Show. I'm Xin Ning, and in this episode, I'm going to share one simple hack to reduce the hours that you are working over time. If you are one of the following categories of people, then this podcast is for you. Ready? Are you a professional working on a part-time basis and constantly working overtime? Or are you a full-time professional thinking of converting to a part-time arrangement but worried that you may end up working as much and getting paid less? Are you a person with a portfolio career Trying to juggle a suite of freelance work, consulting, personal projects and other activities that demand your expertise under flexible conditions? Or are you simply a full-time professional constantly working overtime? If you fit any of the profile above, sit tight and learn about that one hack to reduce working overtime. Let me first start off with a personal story of how I chanced upon this hack. About 10 years ago, I started working a four-day week so that I have more time for the family. In my role as a consulting professional, I could only get a part-time role if the client agreed to the arrangement, and the nature of the project role allowed for it. Very fortunately, all stars were aligned and I settled into my four-day work week, quickly and smoothly. However, I found myself working even on my off days. Sometimes it's because there was something urgent to be done and I felt obliged to handle the work either remotely from home or making an exception to return to the office. Sometimes it was because I felt like I had nothing better to do. I had pockets of free time when my children were at school and during those times I had the flexibility to do anything. Sometimes I went for a yoga class, sometimes I went to the library, sometimes I just whiled away my time. So when I felt that there was nothing as urgent as the unfinished work at hand, I chose to finish off the work, thinking that it would be less taxing for me in my subsequent work day. Because I wasn't very strict in safeguarding my non-work time, my colleagues often said that it didn't seem like I was working part-time because they were always seeing me either back in office or on my email. So they suggested that I should resume my full-time employee status to get the full-time employment benefits. I suppose they were not wrong. There were in total about four to five weeks that I needed to be away over the entire year. Due to the intense pace of the course, I hardly had time to check text and email messages. The first time I went away, I was really worried that the team could not handle. However, I soon realised that I underestimated my team and my client at that time. After a few, it's urgent, we need you back immediately, kind of text messages, they soon realised that water that's very far away can't put out a near fire. And they proceeded to deal with the situation in the best possible way, which I realised is not half as bad as I imagined. Now, this experience triggered me to think differently about how I can avoid working overtime in a part-time arrangement. When I had no fixed plans during my non-work time, I gravitated towards completing the unfinished work because it was the highest priority item on the to-do list. However, when I was in class and had absolutely no way of responding to work, somehow, miraculously, the team took care of the work sufficiently till I returned to work the following week. So, could it be that we can be forced or tricked into working less over time by scheduling something immovable into our non-work time? This hypothesis triggered me so much that I decided to investigate it for my PhD dissertation. I wanted to know, if you had spare capacity in your non-working time, would you then spend more time working? I conducted a series of paper-based experiments with 31 respondents majority of whom are women working on a part-time arrangement. The participants were sequentially given sets of three similar scenarios, six sets in total, where they unexpectedly got more or less uncommitted time because their existing commitments were either cancelled or adjusted. So in each of these scenarios, the participants were asked to specify how they could allocate this spare capacity to specific domain areas like the family, family, personal pursuits, community service, household chores, work, self-care and other areas that specified by the participants. The results didn't surprise me. The findings of the experiment shows that as the amount of spare capacity in your non-working time increased, the amount of overtime that these people invested also increased. Correspondingly, if they had lesser spare time, then they are also allocating less time to overtime work. So there are a few reasons why this is so, based on my secondary research and my interviews with 12 part-time professionals. Firstly, based on Parkinson's law, work fills your available time. So for most people, it may not make sense for them to set up imaginary deadlines to complete the task when there is still time in the next few days To work on them. Secondly, by responding to work during your non work days, you are signaling to your co workers and customers that you are available and probably very willing to work. Therefore, they will respond accordingly and assume that you are available on demand. So, how do you avoid working overtime? You can reduce the likelihood of working overtime by firstly scheduling appointments that you can't easily shift. This may be picking children up from school, attending a course or fulfilling a regular exercise routine. By doing so, you will likely reorganise your work and your interactions with your team and colleagues so that your involvement can be contained within the stipulated time. Secondly, If you have broadcasted your unavailability, you are also signalling to your colleagues and your customers that you are not available and that they have to deal with the issues that arise during your absence. In my professional career, most people I encounter are respectful of the personal space of their co-workers, so in the event that you have indicated that you are not available to attend to them, they will likely figure out what to do during your absence. So you see, By just a simple hack of scheduling something during your non-work time, you can change your behaviour and the behaviour of those around you. So it is no wonder that studies have shown that shortening work week can lead to higher productivity. If you find yourself working overtime, think about what you can schedule in your non-work time. Or are you resistant to even trying out that hack because you are an ant addicted to the sugar? If you are, Listen to my Ant and Sugar podcast for more details. Finally, to wrap the podcast up, let's go back to the beginning of this podcast where I first experienced the phenomena of working overtime. At first, I felt that I didn't have control over my behaviour to work overtime. I felt that it was inevitable and that I was kind of getting the short end of the stick. In a sense, I also felt that this is just the way that it is working part-time in a consulting role. However, when I started to realise a pattern around my behaviour, I was able to look at the whole problem of working overtime in a totally new light, and the levers of how I can control my behaviour and that of others became crystal clear to me. There are numerous ways of perceiving a problem or a situation that you are in. Sometimes it's obvious, but at other times it may be entirely due to a chance encounter that you uncover an alternative way of looking at things. But as we learn to activate the square apple within us by thinking out of the box, we can become proactive in exploring alternative perspectives to problems that will allow us to achieve innovation and breakthroughs if you have any questions or thoughts on this podcast, please connect with me on LinkedIn at bit.ly squareapple. That's bit.ly forward slash s q u a r e a p p l e. Thank you and see you soon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very honoured to have you here. If you would like to keep going and want to know more about the number one Southeast Asia's leading female entrepreneurship network, head over to Soul Rich Woman at s o u l r i c h w o m a n dot com and download the free ebook on how to get clients and multiply your income through personal branding. Remember, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Do subscribe to the Square Apple Show. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now.